For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3, it's the C3 Panthers, Panthers Podcast. Deal, Panther fans. It's your boy, the professor, aka Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor. I'm here with my homeboy, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? Tony Dunn, what's up, brother? Like uh, like I said on the post-game show, man, I have more fun doing this than I do even watching the Panthers games lately, man. Uh, but you already know what it is. I love doing this on a Tuesday night with the most lit Panther fan base on YouTube. Tim Tizzy, Chef Jeff Hodge, Carlton Cohen, Trill One, Sarah Taylor, Underground West, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK in the house. He's got his, uh, now we can see every perfection in him because he's got that sick new camera. What's up, CK? You know, living the dream, man. Uh, now you guys can see how bald I am, and you. Can oh, I thought you hear. had hair the whole time. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, it's uh, and I, well, I did, and then I washed it. It's gone. Uh, uh, you hate when it happens. <laughs> yeah, so you got that. You got the nice new uh, mic here, so you guys can hear my sultry voice. Possibly. Dare I say you're a professional podcaster? Yeah, I'm a little bit professional, but uh, if you hear some three-year-old screaming in the background. This mic may be a little bit too sensitive in that regard, but <laughs> hey, happy to be here with you boys tonight. All right. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun show. We got some uh, interesting. I guess is there there is news at this point, strangely. Uh, and Bat Daddy's here too. They call him the Stat Daddy. What's up, Greg? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Just uh, ready to talk some football. This makes Tuesdays worth getting up for. So. How crazy is the mailman life right now? <laughs> Insane. I just posted a tweet earlier saying it's Tuesday and I have 31 hours already this week. <laughs> so it's pretty Man, intense. I uh, am thinking about you all the time as I ordered my entire, as we order our entire Christmas on the internet. Oh, dude, I've ordered everything off the internet because here's the thing. It, it sucks working these hours, but it's like a three to four week span and they pay overtime. So, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> you know, when, when yeah. Hey, you it, make but... your Christmas money that way. That's correct. That's exactly all right. right. All right. So. All right, guys. We want to make sure you sub subscribe to the show, right? All you got to do is smash the thumbs up button, hit the little bell to be notified that we're going live as we continue to bring uh, you the the latest Panthers content from the fan perspective. Uh, follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, the C3 Panthers podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and get into it, guys. Uh, the Panthers... Have lost six straight. We were just together. Had one of the best post-game shows, oddly, I think we've had in the history of this show. And it was after a loss to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. We did not expect to win, but it kind of just confirmed everything we saw. So we had that good show. And uh sounds like people 
I've been listening to what we spitting, guys, because Will Greer is here. Cody Lashney, the who is the name of our coach now? Farrell Fuel. Fuel. Perry Fuel. Perry okay. Fuel. So he uh, had a um a post game presser or Monday morning presser, right? Where he came out and said that they're going to evaluate the tape. They said, "Will you be looking at Will Greer?" He said, we're just going to evaluate the tape. We will not tell you till Wednesday. And then he left that room, and five minutes later, news broke that Will Greer will be starting for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Jesus, so how long did, did it you, take? Okay, did you see my uh, my Twitter post? Man, David Tepper has to be a fan of this show. Is he not? I mean, come on. What, what were we saying uh, on the show? Like, how come David Tepper... And that's kind of what it feels like. Again, maybe this is me just uh, putting my tinfoil hat on. But this kind of feels like, um, you know, David Tepper kind of has his pulse on the fan base a little more than obviously Jerry Richardson did. And uh, I think he knows that we're all dying to see what kind of player we drafted. And I I think this was a David Tepper move. I think this is the first of many David Tepper moves that we've seen. And I'm happy, man. Uh, I think we've all wanted this. Allen uh, has been the the worst part of our offense, not being able to move the ball. I mean, Allen regressed. Let's just say what it is. He's played worse football than he has in a long time. So I'm I'm happy with the It's it's actually just been getting worse and worse and worse. That's the thing is that the whole we want to – um, develop this kid and not pull him out and break him, break his confidence from the first misstep he has. That's all gone when he's just progressively gotten worse. It's not like he's getting a little better each week. He's been getting worse. But then I want to go back to your point about the tinfoil hat theory, David Tepper listening to the podcast. Now, I, I you do know I am friends with him that I've met recently, David Tepper. We, we have a picture together. You know, just yeah, you're doing pajama parties, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we rap. That's how we rap. Yeah. So anyway, um, I was thinking about this: is that you know the there's a couple of people in the media that we all have are kind of pounding the same drum, and it's been against the typical narrative. So like, and what I've been talking about is like why we should be developing some of these players and different things, and. I start thinking about, you said, do people, do they listen to the media? Do they do this and that? I think in the past, and this is my point, I think in the past that we used to just assume that they could tune the media out. Like It's like that mm-hmm. there was this idea that the ownership isn't going to be influenced by that. It was almost kind of a tipping point between like old paper media and news media, like this newer, new age instant, you know, all the time coverage and we thought that they could resist that but now i think we're seeing evidence that they don't even deny that they're looking at what people are saying yeah you know is that like how could it's almost it would be foolish if to not care about what people are talking about to a certain extent yeah but but you know you've also got to realize that you're running this business and you've got to make you know your own kind of decisions but I do think that that they are listening to what the fans are saying. I just think that they've done it a little bit too late. I, I really, really do because I think that w- with two weeks left in the season, 
Now, given what's coming up in the future with this decision they're going to have to make with Cam, you haven't given yourself enough time to evaluate Will Greer as a quarterback to see if he is a guy that you can go with in the future, not in two weeks, not not when you're playing one team that doesn't even matter if they win or not. Actually, two teams. We're playing the Colts and the Saints. It doesn't matter if either one of them win. So it, it's just, it, is, it is a move that I think we all have been calling for for a long yeah. time. I do think it is past due, but – I did say on our very last show that I didn't think it was going to happen at all. So yeah, in my mind, it's it's like a small victory. You know, you have to you have to take it. At least they're going to play him. It's against the Colts and the Saints, so it's a team that's really bad and a team that's really good. So we should have two, um, albeit small, we should have two test samples against what Will Greer can do against a mediocre football team and a really good football team. So it might reveal um, maybe more than we're thinking. Who knows? Why is there this idea, though, that um, your throw – or some people like Darren Gant believe or have said that now we're just throwing Will Greer to the wolves and he's almost going to be the fall guy of everybody now. Why do people hold this position? I don't even know how that makes sense, dude. I mean, there's no one on this show that thinks that, is there? No, no. That's if people thought that that there was still some hope, then he'd be the fall guy. But there's no hope. We've already given up. Yeah. I mean, he's a professional. I've heard multiple people put that on Twitter, that he's a professional, right? I mean, he's got to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. He's cashing his check. And if you got what it really takes to be good... You know what I'm saying? If you really have that it thing to be good, you want the ball. Yeah. You want this moment. It's almost like how, imagine if a coach, like a so an offensive coordinator for a co- uh, for a team does really well and a job with like the Browns comes up or something like that. And you have ambitions of becoming a head coach. What if we were like, "No, you shouldn't be a head coach yet because uh, we've got to protect you and groom you the right way. If you mm-hmm. had the opportunity to step into a CEO role or to a head coaching position, and that's what you want, you got to have the guts to go do it while the opportunity's there because it might never right. be there again. I think Will Greer, if anything, I think he's coming out there motivated to show us he doesn't suck. 100%. Well, and yeah. also it's it's going against, a, a, let's be honest, a Colts defense that has not been putting everything together either. So I mean, honestly, if you're if it's about confidence, this is the game to do it, right? The Colts have nothing to play for; they've been officially eliminated as well. The Panthers have nothing to play for. The Colts, you know, Will Greer has a lot more to play for than Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's already has a lot more game on film, and and that defense has you know clearly not been able to stop much. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a pretty big game from Christian McCaffrey and 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 Will Greer, but we'll see. Well, Christian McCaffrey needs like 186 yards to break the twenty, the thousand thousand yards. So I imagine the next two games he's going to go pretty. Uh, 100, 186 receiving yards, excuse me. I think something like that. Uh, it's it's not an unachievable number. It's close. But, yeah, but, but, but very definitely close. not unachievable. But he's going to have to catch seven eight passes the next two games and have some good games. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, the the only thing is Jacob Brissett has that two year fifty million dollar contract, so he's you're right, he's not worried about it. The only thing is, man, and I hate saying it like this, the only thing a win does for us is hurt us. 
And I, and I posted this earlier. Yeah. I want to see Will Greer go out there and have a good game and show us that he's a good quarterback. And he, he's Well, maybe we bench him in the handle. fourth. If he throws like three touchdowns and is just on fire, we bench him and we protect him and we say we've seen enough. <laughs> and then we put in Kyle <laughs> Allen and, and a, we lose. Yeah. As we yeah, the thing is Kyle, Allen's capable, Kyle Allen, even though he's not great, is capable of having that drive where he looks phenomenal. You know, and, we're, we're, six or oh, seven we're not worried about that. Football. Don't worry. We're not worried so, about Kyle Allen winning any more games. <laughs> Kyle Allen, yeah. I bet you, has a better chance of never winning a football game ever again in its history oh, of career no. than he You're does winning him? one. Oh, no. So, Alex oh. Stark in the YouTube chat says, if we're on the whole tank talk, we need to cheer for the Jags, the Jets, the Chargers, and the Broncos. And Brad Dugan says, is it bad that I'm already doing mock drafts on Fanspeak while listening to the C3 podcast? And yeah. to that, I, I would say no, man. There's no shame in that at all. It's it's that time <laughs> of year already, um, mm-hmm. and, and it is a very real possibility that the Panthers have a top 10 pick. Uh, right now, um, I think we're sitting at number eight. It. Yeah, I mean, and you I did, man. Uh, hey, shout I, I out to the stat daddy, man. You. Hey, it's call, been call on me Greg Adamus, man. I'm telling you because Greg Adamus, yeah. Greg Adamus, the the Greg the bat daddy with <laughs> foresight, man. Um, and it's possible we we get farther down the list. Yeah, exactly. sure, and that, that's that's what we're saying. And and yeah, if we lose right now, um, it does hurt us, and we do have a top ten pick, and there is a lot of good talent to be had in this draft in the top ten, and we'll talk about that. Uh, a little bit later. I know Greg wanted to ask some questions, and we'll do that. But, yeah, um, right now um, – and listen, whenever you have a top ten pick, they become Christian McCaffrey's. Like, these are the types of players that we're talking about when you're picking in that top ten. So, listen, there's not a whole lot to be excited about in Panther football. So, if it has to be a draft pick, man, do it to it, dude. Keep pounding. That's what I say. Guys, the the Charlotte Hornets are going to be playing the Cavaliers tomorrow night as well as the Hurricanes are going to be they're going to be in Colorado. They'll be back in Raleigh on Saturday. And I want to let you know that if you want to get to one of these games or even go on the road and be one of those Lone Warrior Panther fans, you can get tickets you want for a price you like by downloading the Vivid Seats app. You can sort by price, by seat, by event. Super easy. If you use the promo code OVERTIME, you can get up to a $100 discount uh, at checkout for first-time buyers. They have a rewards plan. You can get the – so the more you buy, I guess, then the more uh, points off you get or more credit you get on your next purchase. Every purchase is 100% buyer guaranteed. Go to Vivid Seats. Get the app. Promo code OVERTIME. Guys, there was some news today, and speaking of going to events – I have no idea anything about it, but David Tepper did announce, right, that Carolina, that Charlotte's getting an MLS team, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, we are. Tell me why I should uh, care about this. Well, so, I mean, I don't know how big of fans everyone is of soccer. I'm really not at all. I'm one of those types of dudes that, like, every four years when the World Cup runs around, I'll, I'll watch it for the event, for the for the spectacle of it, and and pull for a non-existent USA team. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at this as my jump-off point. You know, I live in Charlotte, so great way uh, to look if, at it. Yeah, if they're gonna have a team, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a fan of them. I'm gonna pull for them. David Tepper is already creating a rivalry 
with Atlanta United. So, dude, anyway, to say fucks you to Atlanta, I'm all about I'm all about that noise. Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about soccer, but I mean, this could be a an opportunity for people like myself to kind of jump on board and learn the sport and see why literally people all over the world love it. Yeah, no, no, dude, I I could not agree with you more. That is a hundred percent exactly how I feel. Yeah. This is kind of my jumping off point with them too. I, I watch a little soccer, but nothing serious at all. Like, I understand the game. Uh, soccer is basically hockey on a field, which is basically basketball, you know, on the court. They're all very, very similar in the rules and how they're played uh, with a lot of little differences. But um, I just love competition. But to have a, a pro soccer team here, to be able to go to a game, that, that changes it up for me right there. Like, I might be able to go yeah. down to a game and check it out. That, that'd be really, really fun. I, I'd like to get into soccer. It's, it's the most popular sport in the world, probably for a reason. Yeah. So you know, I, might as well well, I feel out. like the energy, oh, I feel like gosh. the energy in the stadium is probably a little bit better as well. Just yeah. because I, you know, you see what happens overseas. Now I could be wrong here in the States, but uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be interested to watch one of those in bank of America. If I'm being honest, that would be a pretty cool. Yeah. That's not where they're going to play. Are they? Yeah. So yeah, they're, yeah. they, they want to make bank of America um, where the Panthers and the new team plays, which by the way, my vote is for Queen city FC. That's that's my vote because there is no. I do. That's I like that name a lot. But here's the thing: is like I don't think I can really get into it, man. I'm gonna tell you this: is I feel like I'm gonna be like a bandwagoner because I just think I'm just not into soccer, dude. Yeah, that'd be how like it is for me with uh, with all the other sports down in Charlotte with the Hornets and uh, (laughs) and the. Oh gosh, uh, the hockey team. I keep on forgetting their name. The but uh, you know, oh, yeah, the Hurricanes. Oh, no, I don't pay the, attention. Yeah, the Charlotte one. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the I don't pay Charlotte, the Canes. Yeah. yeah, I don't pay attention to any of those unless they're actually doing well. So I agree with Tony on that front. But uh, I just we'll always that. thought soccer was so damn boring, man. I was just yeah. always like, good God. Like, I do like the intensity of the World Cup <laughs> because it is like Europe so much on taking it. It's really it's because the, the fans the make it. Yeah, the fa- and the fans make it like crazy. I was in on my honeymoon in 2006 and it was we were in uh the Canary Islands. It's like part, part of Spain and um it was during World Cup and these like English dudes came out after the game and they were like all wrapped in their UK flag, their England flags, <laughs> yeah, their England man. flags. They were like throwing beer bottles and shit. They were just so fucking rowdy. And so I guess that's cool how the rest of the world who calls it football. But, man, I'm just always like, damn, we just sat here for four hours and you bitches didn't even come close to scoring. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that goal. That's always the joke that people don't want to watch three hours just to see a tie ball game of 0-0. Zero, zero. Like, and the yeah, goal I- is so big. It's the size of a damn school bus. And you're like, how do you assholes not get this thing in there, dude? I would normally be on your side there. Hey. But the thing you've got to admit about soccer is it is nonstop. Yeah. Like, it is. Tough. You know, it, even when they stop, it's, it's nonstop. Like a guy's kicking the ball all the way across, and everybody running a mile. It's yeah, so exactly, big. Yeah, yeah, but can't you appreciate you, the athleticism with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't watch cross country runners though. I tell you that much, dude. Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer—I don't even know who he plays for, dude. He is like the most popular man on the planet. Yeah. Like, like that dude that. cannot go anywhere in the world 
without being mobbed. I mean, maybe yeah. maybe not some places in America, but even still, like that dude is is a, a megastar. So, have I ever to, yeah. have I ever told you my, my Tony's ways to fix in the game of? Yes, we did, we even did we even did this segment on the show before. <laughs> all right. Well, th- all right. Th- think about it like this, man. You're talking about uh, Ronaldo, uh, how how big he is across the world. Think about how big LeBron James is. Even if you're a basketball fan, you know who LeBron James is. And, right. I mean, like, and, and he's bigger than LeBron James. Like, that's probably yeah. like number one, number two sports stars in the world. And he's yeah. he's way above where LeBron James. And it's crazy to think about that because LeBron's huge. So this but, is um, this is kind of like where I'm at on the. I'm not a huge fan of soccer either, and I already said that. Like, uh, my sports need violence. Okay, I'm a football fan and I'm an MMA fan, and I'm a diehard yeah. on both of those. But uh, I think um, Charlotte has a very large Hispanic population, and uh, that's something that that uh, you know they want to build up more here and and get those fans interested in something too. And there's no way I'm not gonna pull. Let's say they start winning winning real games and they're competitive and they're a good football club. I mean, yeah, I'm going to pull for them. I'm, I'm going to know the players and, and watch them and open myself up to something new. But yeah. I don't, I don't blame you for feeling that way, Tony. That's how I felt about, uh, what was that football? Uh, AFL. The AFL. Yeah, dude, yeah. I could not give a damn yeah, about the I AFL. Tried. And by the way, spoiler alert. At least it's a sport I like. I'm not going to give a damn about the XFL either. Why? Josh Gordon's going to go in there. Oh, what about this Josh Gordon? I'm so mad at Josh Gordon. Before before we get off this real quick, I I do want to say that, like, I really do think that the reason why a a lot, not honestly most, because I don't even know the stat-wise, a lot of Americans, at least that I know, don't like soccer as much is because it's not as immediately gratifying as other sports. Whereas you look at hockey or basketball, which is virtually the same game with a condensed field, and you, so you score a lot more. They're more exciting to American fans, especially. That's why they got to make the soccer field smaller. I, but, but here's the thing: I, th- I think I think just to a like little soccer, bit. Totally. To like soccer, you either need a cultural pull to it, like your country is is big into soccer. Or right. you need some kind of connection, like you played it when you were a kid, or your father loved it, and and you watched it because your father loved it. It's like yes. baseball. Like right. most people don't like baseball because it's very slow paced. I enjoy baseball, but it's definitely I, I don't mind missing a ba- baseball game, but I'll, I won't miss a football game type thing if well, I. Well, that's you know? you know, there's one so, reason for that is because of is like I love baseball. I think it's a phenomenal yeah. sport. It's just a problem. It's, it's so 160 many games. damn games. So dude. many games. Yeah. It's just like yeah, as, and I heard this, and let's go. We'll turn. We'll kind of, uh, kind of pivot back to the Panthers on this. Is I saw Kyle Bailey, uh, one of the F- WFNZ guys. He was in a talks with people about the concept of a true fan, because uh, people are saying like, um, oh, these true fans are abandoning the team when they stink, and nobody's getting to this and that. And he was saying, can you be a true fan? And just like not ready, you know, not wanting to allocate your time and money to something that isn't very good at the moment. Right. And I think that the question I have for you guys is, is that as long as the Carolina Panthers are bad, right? Like, how do we get interested in them? And I need it. I'm asking for a friend. How do we stay interested in this team in these last couple of weeks without only looking at the draft, Cody? 
uh, <laughs> well, um, find other sports or no, why, uh, why, why, all right, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey then. How about this is why is it that we're even talking about him setting records? Why is he going to be playing? Tell me that. What do we need to learn? about? Well, and him? this is, look, this is a good point, And it's something that we need to bring up. Like, I mean, you know, I kind of don't believe that you should play scared, you know? So if he's able to play and he wants to play, then let him play. I mean, he, he agreed to play a whole season. But then, you know, I understand, well, why why risk hurting him for next year? But um, I, I just think that there's a look to that. There's like a morale issue. It's like the season's not over. I know we suck. I know there's always next year. you got to look forward to it. But at That's the end of the point. day, yeah, at the no end point. of the day, I mean, you signed up to play football. And you have not fulfilled your obligation to play that many games. And by the way, there's even money involved. So, you know, they want to make sure that they earn all the money that mm-hmm. they get from their contract and playing every single game possible. So what about uh, this? What if you don't make it as blatant though and just say, well, we're shielding Christian McCaffrey, but what if you give him like four or five carries and then how about say this? Why, why though? But, or Let's, just lessen yeah. the load, play Scarlet. Play yeah. Bonifant. Well, Scarlet, I think, is on IR. No. I think Scarlet's on IR. No, dude. Look, look. Christian McCaffrey's, what, 24 years old? 23? 23, 24. Something like that. Very, very <laughs> young. That very, very young, okay? But he has a chance to be one of three people ever in the NFL to have a thousand receiving and a thousand rushing, he has offense. He, he has offensive player. It's not, it's not that long. Not, not not that bad, but he he has a chance to be offensive player of the year. He probably will be. Um, like, why would you try, rob him of that? Because what what kind of injury can he have right now that will prevent him? from Oh my god, he's fucked now. You just fucked him. what kind of injury could he have now i will list a whole bunch of them how close is he how close is he so you've got got not nine months till the start of next season no i don't care about about, (laughs) he's like this is how much rehab time does he got uh okay hold on all right so he has this russian where is it 2019 is that where we're at yeah, he, he has thirteen hundred yards rushing. Yeah, right now, which is crazy. The leading rusher in the NFL is thirteen hundred yards rushing. That's a bad year in rushing for the. He NFL. has eight hundred and fourteen yards receiving. So what if we do this? Is what if I meet you in the middle, Greg, and I say no more rushing plays, only as a receiver? Let's do it. I mean, okay. what, I mean, why it? not? Why not? Or, okay, he could probably do it. But on, here is that if you're the Carolina Panthers, you're not looking at Christian McCaffrey about him setting historical records, though, dude. If why you're not? gonna play him at why receiver, would you, why would you not want that on on your as a Panther? Like, why would you not want that as your franchise to say we have one of three guys that had a thousand yards receiving a thousand? That, that's a seriously I think we'd rather have a unachievable thing. No, <laughs> I agree, but that's impossible now. We we can't have Agreed. a playoff. So so yeah. so but, why worry you, about that now? Now worry about what you can have. You know, if you did put him in the slot, that means you're sending him across the middle into linebacker territory to potentially get blown up. So I don't know. Maybe listen. I I, I said just start him, him on the X, man. Like, yeah, he really, I mean, yeah, he really yeah, could. <laughs> like he yeah, seriously could. Yeah, yeah, put him on the X. I'm not mad at it, dude. 
And listen, I'm not even saying don't play. I'm not saying don't play McCaffrey. Let him play. But let's give Jordan Scarlett and and Bonifant some some time. I'm pretty to sure play. Jordan Jordan was put on IR, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was he? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure. Uh, okay, I might be yeah, wrong. because I he got hurt like a couple weeks ago when they actually decided to put him in. <laughs> and so, uh, but I think it was on special teams that he got hurt, and so they put Lynn him in. Says, Lynn says they would make a big deal out of it uh, with CMC breaking the record. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would generate some immediate support right now. But if he was to get hurt in the way that he can't get hurt, by getting whatever Greg said. I don't even want to say the words. I'm trying to dance around it. <laughs> 93 yards receiving a game is all he needs. Yeah, That's it's not lot, impossible. Dude. That's let's, a let's lot. Be That's he could, still like he a workhorse. But think about it this way, Tony. He could literally have 150 yards uh, receiving next this week. against easy. that. Very that easy. Indianapolis yes. Colts. Yes. You know, he is, he's not going against a, a Colts defense that is Ugh. top okay. tier. It's not all bad. Right. It's let's middle of the pack. Let's and move into a different name. That don't about, anything, you know? about a couple of different names, then, I'll give you. Is this, is that uh, on the yeah. one reason Chris McCaffrey, you guys want to see him go and take more and more reps there. What about Brian Burns' seven snaps, dude, yes, this please. game, as well as uh, Christian, Christian Miller has not played in weeks. Why do we care at this point? What, what do we benefit from not playing guys – like Marquis Haynes, like Brian Burns, like Christian Miller, like there's probably two other names that we could probably come up with there. What the hell's going on with that? Well, they do said they that need, this past what, game uh, it had it had to do with the Seahawks. They wanted to play a four three scheme against the Seahawks. Well, my question is, what happens next year if we decided to go back to a four three, which has been more successful for us, successful for us? depending upon whichever defensive coordinator we decide to hire. All these things are big what-ifs, but if we do that, do we then trade away Brian Burns? Is that what the message is at that point no. in time? Because Brian Burns is, like Cody has said from the day he was drafted, he played the majority of his snaps in Florida with his hands in the dirt. Yeah. You know, he is not just a stand-up you know, type of defensive end. It's not that type of a situation. So the fact that they're using that as an excuse – does that mean if we decided to move to that type of a defense next year that they don't have confidence in his ability to to be a defensive end in that system? Well, let me ask you: Do you think that Brian Burns can play in a four three and and be successful? He did. Yeah, that's what we're saying. When when you play with your hand in the dirt as a okay, defensive end, yeah, you're you're a four three. You're setting the edge. And I wanted I, I brought this up last year when we were doing the better know a potential Panthers draft pick segment, which we're definitely going to be doing again this year. That's a promise. Can we start that um, early? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we might have to, uh, to, to keep viewers. Um, but no, so he's one of those types of guys, you know, I mentioned I'm a huge MMA fan earlier. And if you know anything about John Jones or Anderson Silva, they're these really tall, long guys. And even though they're not necessarily um, uh, rocked up with muscles, they use their leverage and their length so well. And Brian Burns is that kind of frame that even if he isn't ever going to be 270 pounds by the length of his arms and, and his ability to shoot and be able to use his length as, as a weapon, he can play a base in, in a four, three defense. Uh, it's, and now he's in an NFL strength and conditioning program. 
There's no reason for him not to be able to do that. There is absolutely no reason in the world why your first-round draft pick should be playing seven snaps. Dude, that is the dumbest. That infuriates. But here's the thing. Even if you believe that he's not able to do it the 4-3, why would you not get him the reps at that? Right. You know, like that makes more sense to me. Would you rather have your defensive end be able to not only play four three but play three four as well? If you're saying that he's only available to do three four, that's a problem. You know, but if you're gonna actually do the hybrid, he needs to be a bigger part of this defense. And you know, it's a moot point at this point in time. Obviously, I think that he. It's not a moot point because it is. You're right, but here, listen to this: is um, Bruce Irvin played forty seven? Mario Addison played forty eight snaps. Bruce Irvin played 47 snaps. McCoy played 45. Butler played 42. Kyle Love played 23. Um, Horton played 22. Obata, <laughs> 20. Right? Jermaine, I, I don't even yeah. know who's, who is oh, S. McGee. Can you please S. McGee, every, S. McGee played 14 it's snaps. Dude. Who is it's S. So McGee? Does anybody know who S. <laughs> McGee is? No, you, I, well, no idea. And so Clearly when I don't, I'm, I'm with CK so much on this, is why even if you don't think he's the best at it, like why, what are you trying to learn about Horton McGee or Obata? <laughs> Bruce is a 3-4 linebacker. Yes, Bruce Irvin and Mario Addison are not even base 4-3 defensive ends either. So I, it makes no no sense. By the way, Bruce Irvin... I need Irvin to know who this McGee Mario, person is. Well, look at that. Yeah, Stacey <laughs> McGee says Alec McKenzie in the chat. Who the um, hell is that? But, but by the way, Mario Addison and Bruce Irvin are not going to be on this team next year, more than likely. Unless we resign one or both of them, but guess who is definitely going to be on the team next year for oh, four more right. years at least? Brian Burns. Oh, he's a nose tackle. All right, it that's why. Dumbest. It is the dumbest shit in the world, and I have no. That's what I'm saying. This whole staff, the whole staff, they have to go, man. But maybe not <laughs> the, the whole, whole staff. staff. Maybe, yeah. not the maybe not the whole. whole maybe not the whole staff. Yeah, but maybe, the whole right, staff. maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I think so. I don't. I don't think I right. Yeah. I don't he's think I want any remnant. I don't think I want any <laughs> remnant of this team anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at this point, up. I'm almost ready to cut bait. I mean, keep yeah. the, the, the anchors and just kind of uh, – and the anchors are the problem, right? You know, we think about the anchors. What are the anchors at this point? Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Uh, Luke, obviously. Shaq Thompson's going to clearly be there. Yeah. Um, James Bradbury. Uh, Eric Reed, which I know some people have some mixed emotions about. We got to deal uh, with we, we got to deal with Reed for one more year, and I'm irritated by Reed not because of his political stance, but because I always see him getting burnt in coverage. But he's also yeah. one of the the second leading tackler on our team. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is no, which is a good thing. He, he may, he, it's not it's not a good thing, but he may get burnt, but he, he at least he's making tackles. Yeah, I mean, I'm all right. I'll deal with him for another year. How about that? Is that right now? I would say I may deal with Trey Boston for another year if I have to. Oh. But I all right. No, let's um, let's do this before we. I, I do got to do this read for CBS. Well, you tell me, guys. What do you think about Dante Jackson? 
we mentioned a little bit before oh. we went on the air is that we saw him have a rough game and that post game. You were all there to see it. We could all see it. Some of it that, you know, we thought maybe they didn't do him any favors by matching DK Metcalf up against him. We all saw him getting picked on. But then uh, as I turn on the radio, as I look at Twitter, people have like kind of reported as like the worst damn game a corner can have almost, it seemed. Like yeah. people are so down on his performance on Sunday. How do we deal with a player like Dante Jackson at this point in the season? Do you just give him a little bench time right now and then hope that you can work something out with the next staff? I think you force him to change his Twitter handle from Action Jackson to Fraction Jackson <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, if you ask me, he, he needs to yeah. he needs to be taken down a, a peg. And, uh, you know, I, I said it before. I've said it, you know, for a couple of weeks now. It doesn't feel like he's coachable. He doesn't seem to – he, he, he comes out after he makes boneheaded mistakes and calls out the team, and then when he finally has a conversation about, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't do that type of stuff, he then says, oh, yeah, I didn't mean to say it the way that it was said. and you know, It was uh, something that shouldn't have been said in front of the cameras. <laughs> Nonetheless, take all of that out of the equation. He just doesn't feel coachable. He doesn't feel like he's progressing, and that's a problem. Yeah. So I did want to bre- – well, go ahead, Greg. I'll go after you. Well- I was just say what he was talking about. I do got to say though, nowadays with with athletes, it's got to be so much more difficult for them to not be emotional and not say anything because, it, you know, it used to be a situation where you could say stuff and it would it was looked at differently, and you could say stuff and it not be caught on a thousand cameras, and it was a whole lot easier to have that stuff not leaked out what you were saying or your emotions at that time. It just seems like it's easy to have an emotional outburst if you're an athlete. I feel like sometimes, even though some were not justified. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard to get away from that. You've got to watch everything you do. So, how many times have you seen somebody on the Panthers actually call out coaching staff outside of Dante? Uh, that's true. I mean, he's the only one that I really remember that did it while they were still on the team. Yeah, yeah. For but sure. don't we call out the coaching staff? Don't we think maybe sometimes they should call out the coaching staff? I think I think so, but I think to do it in front of the media creates a, a a narrative that now has to be talked about every time that the cameras that's, are on about what company, type yeah. of culture you have there. And, that's what happened with Jim Harbaugh and and uh and the 49ers. And I mean, you're, just, on the, okay. you're on the same team as these guys. You yeah. know, even even though you know they're not your teammates, they're your coaches, you're on the same team. So yeah. it's just like you're throwing the player next to you under the bus. You know, once you start that process it's a slippery slope, and then now, oh, well, I didn't mess up. Well, what's the face messed up? And it's just a, a slippery slope. And how but can we be mad at Ron yeah. for not falling on the sword when the the players are constant, you know, if the players aren't able to do it either? You know, so at the same I, time. I tell you, the problem, the problem with Dante wasn't just saying something about the media. I do think if that becomes a like a habit of team, like if it gets That's in the there issue. and grows and festers, then – Okay, then I'll get upset about it because I think Greg's right. Is that like, hey, look, we can understand people are imperfect, have their emotions. He comes out and has like a sort of seem like an honest, authentic apology for it and trying to get back. Here's the real reason, though, that it's going to fester. It's not because of his comments. It's because he's those comments. And then he came out and played like shit the next week, like terrible. You know, and that's the thing is that that's what's hurting him more than anything is not only is his mouth is not. It's like who cares about the mouth? 
except for when you're playing like shit. And he's playing terrible. And now, though, I think, and I think Cody is kind of behind me on this, is that is that while we can all admit that, and that's why I say give him some pine time. You know what I'm saying? Just put him down you know, for a l- half of the game. Get some other guys some action and see whatever the hell. It doesn't really matter. And then, but I don't think that we need to believe that Dante Jackson is is like can't be a, a corner in this league. I think that that's premature, no. Cody. He's shown yeah. that he can. Yeah, yeah. Right. and you never want to give up on on talent. I mean, every player is different. Uh, sometimes players don't go from one team. Look at how many players have left the Miami Dolphins and are now all of a sudden good players. Man, Ryan right. Tannehill, Kenyon Drake. Uh, I mean, there's there's more too. But I wanted to highlight some comments in our chat room because uh, there's some ideas that are floating around um, from Underground West and Moneybags Lawson. And that's the idea of playing Dante as a free safety. So letting him use that speed and that ball hawkishness and that ability to want to just go and, and hit, you know. He's not a tackler in that he wraps up, but – he wants to put the boom on you. I mean, he's done it before. Would it benefit him to maybe play him as a free safety and put him in that single high spot and just kind of let him play the football like a Earl Thomas or a, um, uh, what's the guy for the Colts that they just drafted? Uh, his name escapes me right now, but they, it might be a, a a good change of scenery for him. I don't with, know. with that question – brings a, a, another question I have for you at that position. Are you not needing to be a heavy hitter, right? You need to be able to take not, down. Not, some, at, uh, not really a free so much. <clears throat> well, right. here's the thing is if you're playing free safety, you've got the running back who's gotten past everybody else. He's in the secondary with a full head of steam. Don't you want somebody who's able to take him down as opposed to get run over? And I think Dante Jackson is the one to get run over. What's well, you could probably that? say that too right. when you line him up across from like Julio Jones, right? Yeah. Do Do you feel like he has a a? a I mean, I think and, and I could be wrong. I think do what's intriguing like- about the idea is this: is that if Dante does get caught on the wrong hash, and he's free safety, he can get there he's and make, get that it. cat. He could go make yeah. that. He can get over there. So I think there is throw. something to. Here is this is that I would probably say I'd like to see him continue to work at corner because I do think he has the ability to do that. I think that we'd be interested to see him at slot corner, but I think the free safety thing, if none of those, if none of that works out, I think that should be put on a let's try this. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, and you know, the good uh, free safeties in the NFL they can shut out uh, an entire portion of your playbook just because they know the court, opposing quarterbacks know there are just certain throws on certain routes that if there's a good enough safety back there, they're going to bite on those routes and, and take the ball away. And think about what a free safety is. It's your last line of defense against the deep ball. So ideally, you want a speedy, uh, guy back there to be able to make moves and make plays on the football. So wow. think of what Eddie Jackson um, does for the Bears. All right, um, so people in the chat room are saying uh, Jackson at free safety would be terrible. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people like Trey Boston, like Bill Daltrieve, and I think Trey has been better in his second stance. Some people don't. 
I tell you Except one thing. He got is run that, over. Yeah, he I mean, Trey, got run over this week. Trey, Trey Boston's not a hitter either, to yeah. money back Boston's point. But Before I've we seen, move I've on. seen a, a highlight reel of him making hits, and his hits can, can land. Oh, he can thump. Yeah, he can thump. Yeah, oh, he, he can. He can. He yeah. can. I yeah. think he's played he pretty well for his one year. I think he's been not – my least favorite person on this player, I tell you that yeah. on this team is that like I, while I'm not ready to go say let's sign Trey Boston to a deal, he brings that, that energy to that secondary. Is that imagine this team without Trey Boston this year? Is everybody would have just cried, him and McCoy? They would just everybody would quit. All right, I do want to say before we move on, um, today's episode of the C3 Panthers podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. It's the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7, costs you nothing. And uh, I believe, actually I know this, is Jonathan Jones, former reporter for the Charlotte Observer, then to Sports Illustrated, is now with CBS and doing a lot of things with CBS Sports HQ. It's the coverage that's always focused on the game, tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, and it's real kind of heady talk. They're trying to make CBS HQ not this, uh, you know, catchphrase or byline for hot news or fresh or or hot takes instead this is supposed to be uh comprehensive coverage of the nfl informed coverage of the of all sports and just make sure you go download the app cbs sports app and watch cbs sports hq today all right um why don't we do this let's go ahead and get into the cat calls and um and then we'll see where the conversation goes so what are your thoughts on cat calling yeah it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like Hey, how y'all doing tonight? This is Tino Loco, a Panthers fan and a fan of y'all's podcast. I'm just going to tell y'all that the Panthers, they're going through a rough patch right now. And we're just that can't get right team right now. We just can't get right. Can't do nothing right. Can't. Mediocre. Mediocre team. Kind of like Dallas. We're bad. We're not mediocre. We've got some bright things we can do, but just all in all, we just mediocre mm. getting beat by everybody and i just hope we get a bit better team <laughs> my man so do we all right let's go on to the next call let's see if it's the same one what's up guys kyle from nope. va um, what's up kyle i was, couldn't make the post game show because i was driving Four and a half hours to home from the game, but um, I had to do that after. Anyway, so, uh, actually, Bank of America bad. was surprisingly way more packed than I was expecting it to be. Um, a lot of Seahawks fans, but there was a lot of Panthers fans there too. Um, uh, after watching that live, man, it was just Kyle Allen. This is shit, and they're putting in Will Greer this week. Um, I'm kind of hoping Will Greer does good, but doesn't fuck this uh, draft stock up for us. Um, seeing Brian Burns on the sideline, that was just depressing. Um, yeah, but uh, I think the best part of the game 
and I think anyone who's a real Panthers fan will agree is when they showed Cam up on the Jumbotron. And, I mean, the excitement in the stadium was through the roof. I know as soon as I saw his face, like, I just got up and started yelling. <laughs> um, it was amazing. I think we all did. Uh, but anyway, um, I, CMC and Luke just got named to the Pro Bowl. I just got that notification. Uh, I mean, that's about it for the night. DJ Moore continues to ball out. Defense continues to look like shit, but I don't think you can pin it on one guy at this point. I'm going to give Dante some slack because, uh, like Cody's been saying, everyone on our defense is playing like shit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, can't wait for the show tonight, guys. <laughs> keep pounding. All right, man. Let's keep pounding through. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Zach. I'm a first-time caller. Um... What's up, dude? I just want to know what you guys um, think, like, where you think Kyle Allen is going to go after this season. Do you think he's going to stay on the roster? Or uh, XFL. maybe uh, sign with somebody else? I, I think maybe he could get signed by somebody else and maybe be a starter, but probably not. Um, I enjoy the show. I watch every Monday and uh, Tuesday during work. Um, yeah. Uh, have a good day, guys. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Good question about this is now that we've got Will Greer coming in and you could see Will Greer potentially, um, maybe, I mean, you're going to see him for two games, hopefully. And I, I hope what we're going to see is a guy who the moment doesn't look too big for him, that I'm okay with him making some mistakes uh, and things potentially, you know, I don't expect him to come in here and just be looking fantastic. If he does, that could cause and generate some real buzz going into the draft. Maybe you can find some stock in the draft when it comes to um, potentially a trade. I don't know how that would go. But when it comes to Kyle Allen, guys, I don't know if I can see Kyle Allen getting signed to a place where he would be this rightful starter from day one. I think that maybe a team is going to give him a, as a position as a backup. Do you guys think that that team is Carolina? Um, you know, I, not if Cam I, Newton's on the roster. Yeah, I, at this point, you know, I don't know how commonplace it is for a team to carry three quarterbacks, but we have much more invested in Cam Newton, which is obvious. We have a third round pick invested in Will Greer. Um, yeah, I just think that Kyle, listen, man, sometimes you either have it or you don't, and I think that we were showing that Kyle doesn't have it. And I'm not saying this shit on the young man, but there's a reason why he was a ne- never a starter anywhere in college that he ever played. Um, from Texas A&M to Houston, for whatever reason, he was just never able to win the job. And then all of a sudden, he had an NFL starting job thrusted upon him. And I don't know if that was ever the right thing to do. Now, he did well early on, but later on down the road, you saw what happens when you put him in an NFL game over the course of an NFL season. Now, maybe by some uh, chance happening, he turns it on and becomes a competent NFL player. But I just I don't see any of the traits that that causes him to be even a backup that um, that would 
allow you to be confident about your chances if your starter went down. To me, he's the definition of a third stringer. I think he's going to be on a practice squad next year. I agree. I think, well, I don't know about it. I I think he's had enough real-time action to actually be a backup somewhere. Um, And I think that people are going to look at him as a project, but I think they're going to see the ability for him to be successful. What I think is you need to have a group of guys that have, and I'm not saying that are exactly like Cam Newton, especially if we have him still next year, but we need a group of guys who are able to still run the same offense Cam Newton's able to run. Um, and, and, and here's my thought, you know, and, and, and it depends on a lot of different things. And maybe this is an, a, a copycat league. It's something that's worked really well. And we did it first with Joe Webb, right? But Taysom Hill experiment that's happened down in New Orleans, it's worked out really, really well. But Taysom Hill plays everywhere, right? He doesn't just play quarterback. He plays running back, wide receiver. He does all of these things that I think make him a lot more valuable than just a third-string quarterback, which we've seen no evidence that he's anything but, uh, right. just because he's not played anything. Anytime he's back there, he's usually not throwing the ball, and he hasn't necessarily had incredible stats when he's throwing the ball up to this point. But my thought is Cam Newton. We'll see what Will Greer does. I think Will Greer is going to earn a backup spot with uh, whatever performance he puts on these last couple of weeks. But number three is going to really depend upon how this uh, offseason goes with the XFL because I think Taylor Heineke could come out and ball out, and I think he could provide something beyond just the quarterback room. Like I think he could play special Who's teams because he has Taylor Heineke. He knows Who, the, what the is offense. It? He's, he's not playing, on the he's, team, though, right? No, 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 no. I'm saying, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna see. He's he's the starting quarterback for the XFL St. Louis team. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's 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 been named the starting quarterback for them. Um, so he's Cody. Got, he's how got much you care him. about that? Not a care <laughs> in the world, dude. Okay, okay. Back to uh, not a care in the world. But I mean, I think I think we need if we're gonna carry three quarterbacks, it needs to be three that not only have the ability to run the game the way that Cam Newton runs the game to some degree with some athleticism, so that the offensive line isn't learning how to block for a whole new type of quarterback. That's I think where the problem then comes into place is you have Cam Newton who will get outside of the pocket and throw the ball really well but also can stay in the pocket. Um, I think that's a different type of blocking when you talk about being an offensive line. But uh, if you can get some... I'm, sorry, 100%, I'm 100% convinced that Kyle Allen will not be a Panther next year. I absolutely agree. Absolutely I think agree. that, in fact, is that I don't... And that the, what it, about Taylor Heineke? Like, I don't want anything that has anything to do with this team other than... I'm okay with Will Greer because he's a draft pick. You got to, I mean, you you know, like, let's see what that happens. But if there's no reason for any of these guys to be associated, I think this is the good news that we can now think ahead is that now that we're doing such a wholesale change to the team, we don't have to deal with these long-term connections and these long-term relationships to people like Colin Jones or what it was with Graham Gano before that, or whatever. Oh. Pick whoever it is that you want to be pissed at this second, and this is the time that we can cut it all away, cut it out like cancer. Before we go forward, can I? So you mentioned something, and I want to kind of piggyback off of what uh, CK was saying with uh, Taysom Hill. Why don't we use Colin Jones 
and other scenarios. If he's the best athlete on our team, like Rivera <laughs> has said for years, hey, uh, why isn't that asshole back at punt returner? Why don't we use him? Haven't like they him? had him back there before? Dude, why, why don't we I've never him? seen it. I've never Dude, seen him field one, but I maybe. Don't, okay. if, if he's a nomad, if he's not a safety, if he's not a starter on your football team, but you don't want to waste that athleticism, why don't we do like the Saints do and use Colin Jones in other inventive ways if you're going to have him on the football team? Because that's pedestrian, dude. We use Brian Burns as a gunner. We use our first round draft pick as a gunner because he's really fast and big. And he can, if he gets down there, you don't know how he's going to mix it up. Cody. Yeah. What are we doing here, man? We have a bunch of children on our coaching staff. I'm saying let's do some new I shit, know. man. How about this? That should be Dante Jackson's punishment. You're on punt yeah. duties. Bitch. Temper wants analytics. He wants innovation. Let's do some innovative shit, dude. Because I don't care what you say about Taysom Hill. Dude, they use him to effectiveness. And when he is on the field, you have to be aware of what we are doing. Do. Innovative shit. We're not using our first round draft pick, dude. Yeah, How innovative is that? We're retarded, but you're not allowed to say that. Nah, word. man, that's uh, analytics. Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins, mm. get out of here. <laughs> yeah, and dude, then the Saints picked him up. So well, did they? No, no. Did they? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, so awesome. Yeah, that's so I hate the Saints, well but good. But good for them. <laughs> All right, um, I think we got only like two more calls. Oh, wow. Hey, guys. This is Joey Esquivel, and I just got to say. Joey! Um, number one, based on the title of the show, Greer is here. Is this for real? Or it is. Or is this just wishful thinking? It's not official, but pretty much. I don't know. Oh, It's but been multiply two, confirmed by multiple reporters. I probably yeah. won't get to say this before... Christmas Eve, because are y'all really going to go live on Christmas Eve? No. No. But we will go early or late. Help me deal with being a Panthers fan when we suck. I used not to listen to post games because I was too emotional. (laughs) But now I kind I do because it really helps. You got a family, bro. It yeah, feel like I'm not. We're gonna get through this together. <laughs> it's a therapy. Session. I would like to say that I really appreciate all of the C3 family, and I just want y'all to know that being on this show is like Panthers Anonymous. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you, man. Get on the couch. Appreciate Take a seat on the couch, bro. Call it PA. Appreciate Merry that Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Joey Esquivel, also, if you have any trouble calling in in the future, please send me a message because when I was clicking around, it did. So- I want to make sure I didn't accidentally block your number. But I don't think I did. Anyway, that's just uh, as I'm downloading these calls, sometimes I get insane myself. Next call. Merry Christmas, uh, by the way. Thank you. What's up with the YouTube live chat? It's saying uh, that it's, like, not available. Oh, and he's upset. That's Joey. That was because we went live and it busted. And now we are live. Guys, how do you know? I think we do have to realize that it's a long road ahead. 
long road ahead. We're going to need each other and we're going to need to motivate each other to care right now. Yeah. And we're going to have to. It's going to, it's our off season has already started. So we're going to have to, um, yeah, broaden our horizons and see what else we can, uh, squeeze from the turnip. And and the good news is, the good news is, is we're going to have some real exciting, news that is going to uplift us we just don't know how to think about it yet because it's not here but you know once they announce you're going to come out and one day they're going to say the panthers begun the interviewing process for gms and then all of a sudden it's quickly going to come to pass because they already know who they're going to hire before they even have the damn interviews probably almost and then there's going to be like two days later there's going to be announcement of a coach because that's been mashed up and part of it so we're going to have all that excitement going forward. So there is some hope right now, but we do have to get through these last two games together. And, you know, they do say a lot of people get depressed at the Christmas season and the holiday season. So don't worry. We're not alone. <laughs> and second, you can always get on the couch here on Tuesday nights and after the game. And I think there's only one last call. Let's see what it says. Let's see if it's another. Yeah, when I got the work. time to ponder uh Panthers. I kind of got to thinking maybe we need some new jock straps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a jab at me being the jock shaft washer. Was that it? That was the whole call? That was it. That was it. All right. Okay. Uh, guys, let's see. Uh, the Panthers are last in the division. Hooray! Really... Yeah. I mean, Actually, it's kind of a good thing. Is How has Tampa Bay gotten so good? Oh. You know, you know something, man. I I I feel bad because one of my best friends growing up is the, is a Falcons fan, and him and I, my whole life, been going back and forth. You know, just every year, have a good time talking about it. It's all in good fun. And I remember there was a there was a point where the Panthers were where we were uh, five and two. Yeah, this yeah. year. Yeah, we were five and two, and I think the Falcons had won one game, and they were one and six. And I sent him a message with a few of my other friends about how pathetic the Falcons were and how what happened to this team, you know, this rivalry and blah, blah, blah. And then the Falcons ran us twice this year. And uh, now and now they are beating us in the division. And I am beating so much crow right now, man. Like uh, my, my mouth tastes so, so much crow, dude. It's insane. And I, I just... I don't know what would last in the division. It was I, awesome, though. It's good. You know? Their success, their success is our gain, though. Yeah. At this point, yes. Well, this because point. what it means is uh, whatever NFC division we play next year, we're going to be playing the dead we last team from every one. Yeah, yeah, from every one of those divisions, um, and it means a, a better draft pick for us this year. So. Well, let's yeah. see. We played the NFC West this year. We played the NFC East last year. So that means we played. No, we played the NFC. Yeah. Uh, ne- next year, we will play the NFC North. Uh, we just got a, a super chat. Uh, oh, man. Thanks, Ross. $5 love bomb from Ross. Yeah, Gould. man. Got a question for y'all. Who should we, Who should tap higher first as a coach or GM? A coach or a GM, I can't read apparently. Assistant GM or whatever he's calling it. Um, so I kind of think that the GM is important is an important part in hiring the coach. 
I think that you want to give your general manager an opportunity to have a say-so in the type of people that he brings in because that's their job. The general manager, he does a lot of stuff. I remember Tony, uh, we did, you did an interview with a guy on here one time talking about general managers, and he was saying everything that they have to do from appointing um, the medical staff to making sure all the equipment is there. I mean, there's a lot that goes into being a GM. And whenever you're going to hire a head coach, it's very important to have a general manager that knows what kind of vision the team is trying to enact. So um, I think they should do that first, but I don't think that'll happen. I kind of I think we're going to end up having a brand new coach before we hire an assistant GM. So you think a new GM is the first way we should go? Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's the way I, I would. I, I think it has to be. To. I don't well, think it no, makes sense I, another way. I have I to disagree, if, man. And, yeah. and for the for the reason you said in your last statement, because your last statement kind of made my point with this, was you've got to have a coach and a GM that are together that the GM is going to do whatever they need to do for the coach. So the best thing is, is to get a coach, invest in the coach, and hire a GM who's going to draft and trade and manage the team the way the coach wants to run the team. Well, and I think David Tepper, if he has his eyes on someone right now, and, you know, if he wants to get a jump on hiring that person, then, yeah, he's not going to wait around to hire an assistant general manager. So, yeah, that's why I don't think it'll happen. But normally you want your general manager to be a part of making those hires. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so that's why I I would – do it that way i think it's one of those situations where it doesn't matter which one you do first but whichever one you do first you need to invest in that and have the other one um kind of follow their lead as opposed to if you're a gm you need a coach who's going to follow what the gm wants to do and vice versa with the coach if you need a coach you need to invest in him and have the gm hire and draft the way the coach wants to play the game so it, it i don't think you can lose either way it's just one of those things, you know, you got to make the decision what, what lottery ticket you want to buy. Right. You know? well, it's like a, the, the levels of the chain of command, right? So if you're the owner of a football team, you defer to your general manager. He's the next in command. You know, uh, he's the one that kind of enacts the will of the owner on the franchise. So, you know, if, if you own a restaurant, then your general manager is – you know, the, the front of the house manager that makes sure everything runs smoothly. You have a kitchen manager. Everyone has their place. And uh, the better teams in football all have general managers that have a vision for the future of the football team, whether it's coaching, player type. It's, it's an important thing, man. It can make yeah. or break a franchise. Look at what happened with David Gettleman. And we're still recovering from a lot of that debacle that happened. Yeah. I I think the the point is is that those guys need to be able to work in like unison together. Yeah. You yes. know, lockstep single vision. And I do think there is whatever it is is <laughs> whatever the decision is, I think is going to tell us a lot about what Tepper thinks the way to build the fr- franchise is. You know, or the the team is because if you do hire the coach first, then you're saying he's the answer, and the other guy's right. got to fit to him. If you hire mm-hmm. the GM first, 
then you're saying he's going to be instrumental in picking the coach and we're going to do this together. Or I'm really just interested in the combo, man. And I think that the combo, man, is going to be Casario, McDaniels. And do you have any concerns now that their offense sucks, Cody? I'm so excited about that. But then the same time those names are coming into my orbital sphere here, the New England Patriots offense is broken. Cody, does that have any, um, does that cling to McDaniels in any way? Well, that McDaniels doesn't terrify me as much as the Casario thing does. Because if you look at that Patriots offense, they don't have many good receivers. Nope. Uh, and they, by the way, the Patriots never draft good receivers. What's the last receiver that the Patriots drafted that's been worth a damn that they didn't bring in in free agency? Oh, mm-hmm. wait. <laughs> you know, there aren't a, a whole lot, and they're not elite-level talents anyway. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure that they're zeroed in on any one particular person right now. I'm still betting on Kevin Colbert just because he has those Pittsburgh Steelers ties. Um, and I think whenever David Tepper says analytical, he's talking about guys like um, Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I still think those two are probably the most in play, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not unhappy with either of those Uh Casario and McDaniels and Colbert and Stefanski. I'm happy with any one of those pairs. Yeah. All right. Uh, Just to answer your question, Cody, this is funny. What was your question? When was the last wide receiver they drafted that was any good? Yeah, the the last one that was like a – Okay, so they drafted – how do you say his name? And don't say Gronk. No, That's they said yeah. they they said was it has something hairy, Nikhil Harry. Okay, all right. So they who drafted Nikhil. Who I was right. not very high on on my personal. He's uh, only had he has had he hasn't played at all this year. He does no. He has seven catches for fifty five yards, two touchdowns. But listen to this. But he's only played a few plays. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's play. fine. But listen to this. No wide receiver in twenty eighteen. None in twenty seventeen. Uh, one in the seventh in 2016, none in 2015, one in the seventh in 2014. They the last time that they drafted a wide receiver higher than the seventh, other than last year, was Aaron Dobson in 2013 in round two. They again 2012 wide receiver in the seventh. They haven't drafted any, none in 2011, none, oh wait, one in the fourth. That's crazy. They haven't drafted any wide receivers in the last 10 years, Cody, and they have been awesome. Think about that. No, they haven't. Think about how successful they've been, and they have, none of their wide receivers have come through the draft. Zero. No, no. And and, and that's the thing. That's insane. Yeah. That's the thing. Although I don't like the McDaniels as the head coach idea, just it just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know why. It's a New England coach thing. I don't know. But um, I don't take away 
from his coaching success the things that are happening right now because you're right we we did mention he has no weapons i mean he has julian edelman but julian edelman is an, is an aging receiver and he's the only guy there there's really nobody else i mean james white maybe but they also have a 41 year old quarterback so let's start to accept the fact that he might be falling off the edge although i think tom brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game you know that's you know depending on if you count the cheating and uh, the fact that he was in a division that's been the weakest division for the last 20 years. And how about uh, this? Uh, uh, Tom Brady, for the first time in 11 years, I think, did not make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. But, like, he's definitely falling off. So, like, people need to start to accept that. Um, you know, he's he's had a great run. But uh, at some point in time, man, father time always wins. And, um, uh, Greg, I want to I wanna, uh, highlight one of our uh, uh, comments in the chat because it, it went to something that you and I were talking about. Uh, with the GM or the coach, Joey Esquivel, Joey Esquivel says, if you don't hire a GM first, then you have a jet situation with the question mark. And basically what he means by that is the past few times the Jets have had to um, hire a general manager, they weren't able to bring in their own head coach. So that means that whenever they had to fire a coach, that general manager fired a coach that he had no say-so in bringing in. And then they fire the general manager, and then the coach comes in. That's why you, yeah, yeah, you, you, you get that. yeah, traditionally you want to have that general manager out front. And I just thought that was a good comment to kind of highlight the, that I maybe failed. The to Patriots, say. the Patriots have drafted sixteen wide receivers since two thousand. So in nineteen years, that's one receiver. In nineteen a year, years, a less, less than one that they've only had one. They said they've only had one first round pick wide receiver wow. in that number. That's this that's this year. They had um, most of them are sevens. They all right. So listen to this. They had a first round. Then what did I say? They also had a, they had a six in twenty eighteen. They had a. Look, uh, Edelman was a seventh rounder, dude. Right. But other than that, how is that? How can you be so successful? We're sitting here. We've put more stock into wide receivers in the last four years as the Carolina Panthers than they have in the last 20 years in one position. And nice. they have had Randy Moss, by the way. They And you said that they didn't have yeah. any receivers this year. They also had Josh Gordon this year. They had they did. Antonio they, they Brown this something. year. They, they, had, don't, they, don't now. they had Antonio yeah. Brown for one game. You, you can't count that. They had him for one game. I know, but it's still. But. They they had, who's the little guy from a, from Los Angeles that they had for a couple of years who signed the big Brandon, deal? For Brandon Cooks. Yeah. yeah, so no, they no, haven't I'm not, drafted I'm not saying before. Anyway, I'm saying right but now. But they've still yeah. had good they, they receivers well in 20 oh, yeah. years. 100%. That's 100%, crazy. I agree with you. Yeah, they've had some great receivers. Think about yeah. uh, what was his name? Wes Welker. Wes Welker was great for the Patriots. Yeah. I don't know he where he came there from. Garbage, you know? So, um, but that's why I said right now my front runner is still Kevin Colbert. So now let's look at the flip side of that. Look at how many good receivers the Steelers have have drafted and by the oh way gosh. by the yeah. way drafting uh receivers is not the benchmark of a good football team uh we understand that but if you look at the pittsburgh steelers right now they're playing without ben roethlisberger they have no Le'Veon bell they have no antonio brown all of the centerpieces of their football team have fallen away 
and yet true. and yet they're they're still right there man when you mm-hmm. have a good coach and you know how to hit on that mid-round talent there aren't too many organizations in all of football that know how to get the most out of their draft picks then in my opinion the ravens and the steelers so mm-hmm. i love that Steeler connection um kevin colbert in my mind would be a, a money pick I've, is- I've heard the uh the intriguing name of Dan Morgan. Really? Dude, I like that. You know, Dan Morgan's been involved with the Seahawks a lot for the last... Yeah, and yeah. he's with years. the Buffalo Bills right now for with head of personnel. They're, he's actually a, a person of interest on the list of people that could come to Carolina with his ties here. Um, and the, like the success he had with the scouting and everything. So uh, that's something that I think uh, might have been... Joe Person on The Athletic uh, may have uh, reported on that one. He had a long list of people. Dan Morgan was number two on that list. But I thought that was rather intriguing with the history that that brings to the Carolina Panthers. It kind of ties the old with the new again, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember I I wanted Dan Morgan the last time we were talking about a GM. And uh, he's more seasoned now, too. You know what I'm saying? He's been Mm -hmm. with more organizations, more time, seen more things. So then you're not overwhelmed. Yeah, he said he's with Buffalo right now. And yeah, they're he's pretty Buffalo. successful right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've yeah. won. They, they've gone. Job. They're going to be going to the playoffs he, for the second year in three years. They might win the division. And he's going to. I'm, get, I'm banking on it. There's a chance if, if, if they there's win out chance. and New England loses their last game, they could they can win the division. There so. is a chance of that happening, and yeah. him being a former. They have player. to win out and New England loses out. Yeah, yeah and uh, but Dan Morgan being a former player, I'm I'm happy you mentioned that because uh, I I do remember. Uh, at a point in time, really being interested in the thought of Dan Morgan. This was back when we were wondering if Marty was going to be the guy, right? Yeah. Interim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember he had to step down because of some BS. For the oh, well, it was like, yeah, for two days. Yeah. yeah that and then, made and then up we interviewed there. people. Yeah. It right. was a whole I think, um, I, I do think it'd be interesting because, you know, it is about kind of having those relationships, having that Brandon Bean introduction from Dan Morgan might mean something. I don't know if it does or if, if that none of that resonates with Tepper because those associations don't matter anymore. But that's a, I like the idea of a guy that not hoping that a guy can become something he's never done, but in a way, a guy he's been being groomed in an executive position for a long time. NFL mm-hmm. and that that's going to help you. All right, um, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about when it comes to the Panthers so far. We're going to save all the talk when it comes to the GMs and the coaches because we got plenty of time to do that. Uh, we do play the yeah. who we got this week, the Colts, the Colts. All right, um, so I mean, I'm picking the Colts to win. I mean, if you guys are going to just go picks around here, but any thoughts on this game? As make your pick and give us any thoughts on the game that you're interested in. I hate to say it, it's the Panthers that the the Colts. If you watch the game against New Orleans, they were we're going to win. You're saying we're going to win? Yeah, uh, oh, and I yeah. say it because they have Marlon Mack, but Marlon Mack is one dimensional. He doesn't do much out of the backfield and. You have, and I'm telling you, if you're watching that New Orleans game, uh, Jacoby Brissett was grossly overthrowing people. Our defense should have a field day if he has to throw the ball if we get ahead, um, which I believe we will. I don't think their secondary is very good. They were letting these guys, and this was, yes, the, the Saints certainly with Drew Brees, they were letting just folks walk past them. 
you know, it was it was hard to watch because I wanted the Saints to struggle. I was almost hoping they would lose that game so they lost home field advantage. But I do think the 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 Panthers win this, unfortunately. I think Greer doesn't necessarily come out and light it up, but I think we do uh we do win this one and I think McCaffrey has a big day. So I'm gonna say uh twenty eight twenty one Panthers. All right. I you know I'm not uh, it doesn't surprise me if that happens at all. In my mind, this could very easily be a get right game for us at the end of the season if it's possible to uh, get right at this point in time. I don't think it is, but I am saying that uh, I think the Colts, I don't know, man. I, I so badly. <laughs> I want the Colts to win. I do. I, yeah, I do I think too, we all do. Yeah, I think I agree with you, man. I think there's a very real scenario um, they have no receivers. They have no uh, tight ends. I mean, everybody is hurt on that on that on that team. They, T. Y. Hilton is still hobbling, you know, a little bit, and Jacoby Brissett can't even get the ball to him, you know, when he is open. So, I mean, there's there's just not much on that offense that makes me believe that our defense is going to have a lot coming uh, coming its way outside of Marlon Mack, who is a decent running back, but he is not. A lights out you know he's not lighting up scoreboards every single week you know what i'm gonna echo my man brad dugan in the chat i'm gonna say 30 to 27 colts because i'm just hoping dude, <laughs> I'm wow. just dude hoping. The, i think the colts win this game but okay i mean i guess i could see that maybe all of a sudden our d what, what it's gonna be is brian I mean, do you have like five that sacks much of a better team yeah. than than we are from what you've seen of them they I were they, early, they were pretty team. good early in the season. You know what I'm saying? They, got they were in the they were they the fight for the division early in the season, yeah. just like we were. They they fell off the same way we did. Yeah, so I'm picking the Colts. Right. I'm picking the Colts. It, it, uh, what do you got, Greg? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Colts, man. Uh, you know, one of my best buds, man. He's a Colts fan. He's coming over to watch the game. I just hung up a new TV over the fireplace. We're gonna light a fire and watch this Colts Panthers game because we actually went to the last Colts Panthers game that was in Carolina. That Carolina won in overtime in the pouring rain. And, and it was Monday night? In Monday night. 2015? It, it was a horrible game to be at because it was pouring down. I was rain. there, dude. But, but I, I was there the, with I had you. The flag hanging up over there, man. But um, we went to that game and we made a rule that whenever we talked about that game, we had to refer to it as whoever won the game as that game. Like it was the Colts won, it would been the Colts game. And since the Panthers won, we always refer to it as the Panthers game. Yeah. Ever, ever since then. Like, <laughs> hey, you remember when we were at the Panthers game? We did this. Um, but I do think the Colts are going to take this, and I think that because they have lost so many games this year, I think three or four games this year on a kick, uh, I think they're going to kick to win the game. I say 29-27 Colts. It's like we're playing our mirror opposite team because we've lost we a are. bunch of games our, it's, on it's our, our kicks. Uh, bizarro. Can I ask bizarro this team. before we move on? Are we going to have to deal with the contingent of the Panther fandom that – Let's just say Will Greer balls out against the Colts and the Saints. And then now we have. And another. let's just say, are, are Panther fans going to do yep. the whole thing and the media too? It's are they going to do the same thing? You're not. Greer that they did for Kyle Allen. They and, are. And, and just I promise annoy, you they will. annoy Will Greer, the next coming of uh, Carolina football god. Playing like two could, teams that don't need nothing. Yeah, I could so easily see that happening. Just I just want them. So I just want them to come out and look 
Look, as everybody acts like the one game he played or the two games he played in the preseason tell us all we can know about Will Greer. They don't. Not at and all. I, I just want to first preseason. That's all I'm saying. I yeah. just want to see him come out and look like he can manage the huddle. You know what I'm saying? I want to see him maybe connect on some balls that go. Oh man, he look at that. He's got a stronger arm than Will Greer than Kyle Allen. I want to see a couple mm-hmm. of things like that, and I want to see him just not play just flustered. You know what I'm saying? To where it's just like, oh god, I'm getting sacked. Throw the ball over there. Fall on the ground. If he just does that, I will be super excited. But yes, Cody, yes, that's what people are going to do. If, especially if they mm-hmm. come out and he throw. If he threw like two touchdowns and interception, maybe, and we won this game, and then he goes and wins yard, again yeah. against the Saints, everybody's going to be like, "It's time to move on from Cam. It's the Will Greer show." No, oh, no, it's going to be a frustrating thing to see. But right it's now, just happen. so you guys know, um, they're twenty fourth in offense. We're nineteenth. Um, they're 16th in total defense. We're 26th, obviously. We're not very good. Um, they're 27th in passing offense. Um, if you guys don't know, that's five from the last spot. Um, but they are ninth <laughs> in total rushing in the season. So they, you know, that's our weakness. But if they have no other uh, weak, if they have no other options as far as uh, offensive output in the uh, in the passing game. Uh, I think we might have an opportunity to stop them from the run and maybe move up this chart a little bit uh, in a better spot from the rushing defense or rushing offense side of things. But anyway, uh, I still uh, hold true to Carolina Panthers winning. Not that right. I want it. Fun fact here. I just was looking up because I wanted to ask you guys if Doug Peterson got fired, would you be cool with him being hired? Not tonight, though. But I was just looking at a story. You know, Deshaun Hall plays for the damn Eagles right now. Got one sack. Is he doing anything? Face- no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, hey, just another name of another dude like Christian Miller or whoever else that this team. This doesn't get an opportunity. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. So, um, who else is playing this week? Who is? Let's see. The Saints. Uh, Titans. The, Saints-Titans. Ooh. Oh, gosh. So, by the way, I did, I did want to uh, at least point this out, though, that so uh, if the Colts beat us, the Saints, they can't rest their starters like they did last year because they're playing for the number one the seed NFC, in the yeah. NFC. They have the 49ers um, with a similar record, the Seahawks, and now the Green Bay Packers too. So uh, it's not like – I mean, there is a very real chance that we lose the next two games and have a top ten pick. Hey, yeah. Well, real, real quick before we move on, uh, Cody, I was talking to you about this earlier. And I yeah. told you I had a question for you that I wanted to bring up on the, on the show real quick. Yeah, man. And and I've been saying this for a long time. There's a good chance that we're going to have a really nice, a really high draft pick. I'm predicting somewhere from six to eight. Like when the season finishes up, I'm saying about six to eight is where we're going to be. Cody, who do you think we can pick at that point that we need? That is that is your guy to take in the kind of that those kind of positions that might be available. So I'm not sure about this yet. I believe. The highest number possible for us to be is eight. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's as high as we're able to move up. Um, I could be wrong, but I I do remember seeing that. Um, But really, man, it's kind of a pick your poison kind of deal. Um, You know, Andrew Thomas just announced that he will uh, forego his final season 
and declare for the draft. That's the left tackle from Georgia. That's probably a top five pick. The name that a lot of Panther fans have been saying a lot, and I do think he would be there for us, is Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. And this is a guy that you can put in the middle, put him at one tech or zero, and he will still provide a pass rush, even though they don't traditionally pass rush from that position of defensive tackle. Um, Tristan Riffs, the left tackle from Iowa, is another name that um, I would love to have on our football team right now, especially since Greg Little is kind of up in the air health-wise. You know, we've only had one year. We don't know quite what he is yet. Um, And then Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, the linebacker, safety, hybrid, um, six foot four, runs at four three at two hundred and thirty pounds. Wow. The dude is a the dude is a that's insane. And I'm just saying the last time we picked a linebacker in the top ten, that dude turned out to be pretty good. I don't know if y'all uh the last few times we picked down. a linebacker high, they've turned out yeah. pretty good. Because it was John Beeson before that, wasn't it? Um, well, John Beeson was pretty for, good for a few years yeah. for Luke Keekley. Yeah, John yeah. Beeson was, uh, when they were both in there at the same time, better than Thomas Davis at one point. Yeah, But there's a bunch of options, man. Um, Grant Delpit from LSU, the, the safety, um, uh, the single high safety, uh, Jeffrey Okuda. So how about this? If you're tired of Bradbury and, and Dante Jackson, dude, Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State, six foot one. Oh god. Runner, that, oh my that god. Would just, be a, I'm watching this uh the Derek Brown guy's highlights. The dude <laughs> monster. And this running back runs up and he picks him up like a football like a wrestler <laughs> and yeah, slams dude, it like picked him up like a soup like a what <laughs> good god yeah so okay cody out of yeah. all those guys you just said who would you want say we have the number eight pick let's just say that that's that's the mark we'll put it at number eight who do you want out of everybody you just said all of them are available all of them are available i mean if all of them are available i'm picking andrew thomas Okay. From Georgia, the le- the left tackle. Okay. I, I don't even care that we drafted Greg Little. Um, do if you have an opportunity at that kind of player, then I'd be all in on Andrew Thomas, um, a shutdown left tackle. Isaiah Simmons is another one. Um, that kind of weapon. Shout out to Alex Stark in the comments. Says Simmons remind me of Jalen Smith from the Cowboys, and I do like that comparison a lot. It's yeah. a sideline to sideline linebacker. Um, man, dude, if Jeffrey Okuda falls to us, look up Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State and look up what that guy is doing right now and tell me you wouldn't love to have him on our team. Imagine if you put Dante Jackson and James Bradbury and put them together into one human. <laughs> the the frame of Bradbury, but the athleticism and the speed of Jackson. That's Jeffrey Okuda. But I haven't dove um, deep into my player evals quite yet. Uh, after the season's over, I'm going to do a crazy dive on a ton of different players. So I'll be able to fill y'all in. 
Good deal. All right, so who who's winning this? Uh, do we we got the everybody taking the Saints against the Titans? Yep, I am. I mean, oh, yeah. I I don't think I, don't I mean. Good luck if you are trying to pick the other one. All right, and who else is it? It's going to be. Let's see where you go. You got me looking up highlights now. Hey man, it's that time of season, dude. Yep. Um, and then shout out to Brad Dugan. Um, if we move on from Cam, there's going to be some quarterbacks there too. Yeah. All right. So uh, the Buccaneers have got the Texans. The te- Buccaneers at home against the Texans. I'm picking the Buccaneers, man. Trying to run late in the season. Who are they playing? The Texans, who did uh, beat. Oh, no, I think no, I think Houston. They'll, they'll wrap it up. Okay. All right. What you got, Greg? It'll be fun uh, though. I'm going to take Houston, too, because every time I've talked about the Buccaneers and how good they are this season, they've gone and lost. And I don't pick them the next week, and they go blow somebody out of the water. Uh, so I'm going to say Houston. All right, CK, what you got? You know what? I am going to go Houston here as well. They have a lot to play for at this point. Um, now, granted, nobody's coming up and, and taking that spot away from them. Uh but I think that they have a lot more to play for than the Bucks do, so I do pick the Houston Texans. And also, oh. Greg, you look tired as heck. Yeah, I am, man. It's been a long week. <laughs> All right, and then the last game is the Falcons, and the Falcons have got the Jaguars at home. I'm picking the Falcons. Uh, this is a type yeah. of game the Jaguars that the Falcons lose, isn't it? Jaguars Whoa. came back yeah. came back in the game on the road against the Oakland Raiders last week. How about that? Well, I got in last the last game in Oakland Stadium. Yeah, ruined every Minshew goes in there and forever puts the shit stain on Oakland on the Oakland Raiders. Based on the fact that I think that if we lose, it helps us for the Jaguars to lose more than it does for the Falcons too, because the Falcons already have the tiebreaker with us. So I'm going to take the uh, – excuse me, the Jaguars to win, excuse me. So I'm going to take the Jaguars to win this one. Uh, I think it that helps our draft position more than the Falcons winning this one. I'm not sure, though. It may not make a difference. But All right. All right. We're, uh, we're at the end of the show. Everybody's getting winded down. We're trying to find things to talk about. We got one last Damn, segment. You mean, you mean we're going to have a show that doesn't Less run than two hours? <laughs> I know. Let's what? go ahead. Yeah, I think everybody's ready yeah. for it to end now. Man, it's what? crazy. All right. Uh, it's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We got one last segment to do the Ice Up Picks of the Week. Um, let's see. I'm just going to go ahead and speed it up. And I'm going to say I'm going to... No, uh, I don't know if I can. Can I? All right, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, ice up, I guess. Actually, I don't really ice him up. I feel like I want to just ice the NFL up for the whole Josh Gordon thing. And it's like, gosh, how many times? Why is it so weird? Why is the Josh Gordon thing so weird all the time? And again, against Pops, now they say performance enhancing drugs is what I saw the story say. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing too. So it's so, a lot different than what years past. But yeah, so Josh Gordon, uh, I guess good for you for trying to take a paycheck at every place you can find one ready for someone to cut you one. Um, ice up to all those conversations about Josh Gordon coming to the Panthers in the future, and uh, ice up to anybody who wants Philip Rivers as our quarterback next year as well. That's my ice up pick. <laughs> 
Y'all wanna go next? Uh, you go ahead, Greg. I, okay, so I can go. Uh, I'm actually icing up an article on the catscratchreader.com, and it's kind of uh, deceiving. The article, it's, it's the Carolina Panthers are now on track for a top 10 pick in the 2020 draft. And, uh, you know, I was reading through the article, and I like, you know, what they're saying about this. They're talking about the same kind of stuff I've been talking about, about the Panthers having a, you know, high pick. Then it talks about the Panthers' recent overall top 10 picks and it says cam newton number one first serve wall and luke keekley ninth 2012 um were undeniable hits agreed 100 percent. you know no doubt then it says the jury is still out on third such selection as christian mccaffrey what <laughs> okay it says christian mccaffrey has only been honored an all pro once in his now three-year career and did not set single season records from uh, from scrimmage until his third season <laughs> That was, that was previously, by the way, held by Steve Smith. It says, furthermore, McCaffrey showed significant promise as a passer in 2018, but failed to step up the new, new, <laughs> Newton's absence in 2019. He was one for one for 50 yards and a touchdown last season. He's 0 for 2 this year. It's possible the Panthers should end up benching McCaffrey instead of Kyle Allen for Will Greer. This what is a joke. The, this like, has no, got to be a joke. This is, I'm telling you, I, I will send you the link, man. It, I, I sent uh, to, uh, Cody the link earlier. It's insane. I was reading this. I was like, what are they talking about, this man? got to be a parody. This is, there's no way. Because they said he's only hit gotten the All-Pro nod one out of his three years. They haven't even voted on the All-Pro for his third year. So he's got a 50% uh, All-Pro uh, resume, and that's with him being the backup to Jonathan Stewart his first year. Yeah, it's it's just oh my so gosh! The jury is still out on the third selection. Christian McCaffrey blows my still. mind because there is no way anybody can argue at all that over the last at least year and a half, maybe two years, Christian McCaffrey has been the best player on the Carolina Panthers, hands down. I love Luke Kuechly. I love Cam Newton. He has been the best player we have. Without question. You know? Yeah, there's no there's no debate on that one. But yeah, go ahead and ice that dude up. Bro. Yeah, man. So I don't know. I don't even know who that wrote the article. I don't see it on here. It's uh, it shows the photo. But anyway, uh, oh, uh, by Walker yeah, I, Clement. Walker yeah, Clement. it doesn't look like it's a joke either. You know what? It looks no, like it, really it looks doesn't. like a short. Looks like they're dying for people to write right now. Hmm. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, that's just Walker, weird. Walker Clement, man. I. I <laughs> Yeah, I said. Yeah, is that uh, that's like sorry, bro. Uh, we all make mistakes in the way we evaluate football, but you can't make that one. Yeah. Mm. CK, you uh, you got something? You go ahead. I'm still trying to rack my brain. All right, no, you're fine. Um, so I am icing up former Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin, who just recently lost a race to Democrat. Andy Bashir, but this is not a normal political story. Because you see, Matt Bevin is what we call a salty little bitch. And before, <laughs> leaving, before leaving office, Matt Bevin issued 428 pardons in his final days in office. That list includes a man, uh, a man who had his parents, uh, a man who had killed another man's parents, another convicted of a reckless homicide, and a woman who threw her newborn in the trash. And as a final fuck you to everyone that didn't vote for him, he released 428 prisons. 
That is the definition of a salty little bitch. A prison then, or prisoners? Uh, prisoner, prisoners, prisoners. Okay. okay. So, so my, and then it turns out that um, one of the, the uh, a guy that had his uh, parents killed by this one man who is being released from prison, this dude held a fundraiser for Matt Bevan. And then Matt Bevan then goes and releases his parents' murderer from prison. So, wow. dude, you cannot make this shit up. <laughs> um, yeah. Politics is such a shit show right now. Uh, but that is the most pathetic thing that I've heard in a long time. To Matt Bevan, not only are you a salty little bitch, but you need the ice up, son. Good luck after following that, CK. What is Skip? <laughs> you could have just said Skip great... Bayless. Skip Bayless, <laughs> Colin Cowherd. Uh, I think Colin man. Cowherd uh, tweeted out that it's obvious that Ron Rivera wasn't the problem. Oh, my like, gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was a problem, but he was not the problem. Well, that is completely the exact reason, right? He's got to be the problem. Anyway, sorry. We've already gone past Ron Rivera. Anyway, um I guess it's going to be just ice myself up at this point. I I got this new system with the with a webcam and this microphone, and it changes life for me right now. I'm telling you, it's so much more convenient to not be talking through my mics, uh, my head, my earbud mics. So ice up to me for not making this decision earlier. So um, I'm definitely going to lose this ice up tonight. Ice up, Cody. Ice up. All right, perfect. man. Look, that's perfect. We're glad you. This uh, that's the ice up we like right there. A lot of people, you know what? I should ice myself up. A lot of been, people have been making fun on the podcast that when I lean back in my chair and look left, it looks like I have a little head inside the helmet <laughs> uh, on the wall. <laughs> All right, uh, it's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're the number one Panthers podcast. Been going seven years. We don't quit now. That we're gonna have to figure out what to do about Christmas Eve because there ain't no way we're gonna have a Christmas Eve podcast, and uh, nor a Christmas Day podcast. Nor, oh yeah, so, so, yeah, gonna... so check this out. We we have uh, a New Year's Eve uh, is a Tuesday, and um, Christmas Eve is a Tuesday. So we're gonna have to move two shows, or we can we can be with family. Which is us. We're all family here. We do <laughs> or we could just yeah. bring in the new year together with a four-hour podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. New Year's party online. All right. All right. Now, all right. So we'll be a day early uh, on New Year's Eve. The day, or maybe we'll catch it the day after um, Christmas, something like that. Because I know we'll all be busy with the holidays and things. But we'll keep you posted. We'll put check Twitter. We'll be around. We'll squeeze some side, some type of show in in there, and then um, and also on New Year's, it might be the day after New Year's, not New Year's Day, but the second or something like that. We'll check it all out. All right, uh, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe. My name's Tony Dunn at Cat underscore underscore Chronicles. Cody, how can they find you on Twitter? At Cody Lax, C O D Y L A C. Uh, hit me up. We have, we'll have a brand new mock draft coming out. Um, not this week, but next week. We'll have a brand uh, new one. 
So look out for that. Comment for the Panthers and the Texans on DraftTech.com. CK, where can they follow you? Uh, pretty much anywhere. Um, you know, if uh, you want to look me up on Twitter, it's going to be at Codizzle Allen, C-O-D-I-Z-Z-L-E, Codizzle Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Um, and uh, give me some followers, guys. Uh, share me. Um, write me. Uh, like me. Retweet me. Comment me. Whatever. You know, I just want to be in your life. I just want to be in your life. And, uh, yeah, just uh, welcome me with open arms. All right, Greg, what you got? I started watching The Watchmen, Greg. Oh, nice. Good. Uh, I, you can find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. I also have another show. It's a Super Civil Servants podcast. You can find that anywhere you get your RSS feed. Uh, speaking of the Watchmen, uh, Mr. Cody Lack is going to be on the show. Yes, the sir. First show, the first show of the year, I think, the January third, and we're going to be doing a review of the first season of the Watchmen. So if you're into that kind of stuff, come check out Cody on the show. Uh, but guys. You know, I'm geek out for a second. We're two days away from episode nine. I'm so excited. Uh, in less than in, in 24, excuse me, 48 hours, I'll be sitting down watching the movie right now. So, <laughs> Star Wars soon. Yeah, Love it. Enjoy it, it man. Okay. Yeah, can I submit a question for your show right now? You sure can. Yeah. Okay. My question for your show is this, is what movies uh, that classify as Christmas movies that are outside the scope of just the like ace this was written for christmas movie are there any sci-fi christmas movies and because i firmly believe die hard is a christmas movie is lethal is lethal weapon also a christmas movie so i'd like for you to talk about what makes a christmas movie and um and if there are any sci-fi nerd christmas movies Okay, my, cool. My I will put that Christmas, down. We'll talk about it. My favorite Christmas movie is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. There you uh, go. I, that's, 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 there just, you that's go. just a good movie, man. That's a good yeah, deal. Yeah, that's one of my best friends, like his favorite movie. All right, guys, we'll be here next Tuesday, or is that Christmas? So, uh, no, Wednesday is Christmas. Tuesday is Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll not be here next Tuesday. Maybe Monday. Maybe Maybe Thursday. Who knows? We'll be in touch, though. Until then, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Peace. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.